the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Lena McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Lena, what's going on, sir? I mean, I feel like I've been saying it all week, but we, but we're, we're we've arrived at football, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're in the I'm best shape of our lives. We're ready to go, right? <laughs> we're in the best. I don't know about that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we're telling everybody that we're in the best shapes of our life, and 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 everybody's packing up and getting ready to to leave for Oxnard and and making plans. So uh, it's it's become very real recently, and and you know, we're taking a, a brief reprieve from our breakneck piece uh, pace to try to finish uh, training camp previews. To, to of course continue our, our our annual tradition of of Tuesday questions, which uh, is always my favorite. Yeah, we're just a couple days away from the Cowboys actually putting on pads. I heard that Hard Knocks has already started filming. Already, already, already filming. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a busy, busy time of the year. But later, let's get to those Twitter questions. We've got some really, really good ones. Uh, this first one comes from Mike, and I promise I did not write it, but it's a very good question. Oh, uh, what level of prospect at linebacker is Micah Parsons? Because a lot of people who were disappointed on draft day, probably because they believe linebackers don't matter, uh, were where does he fit in inside the last 10 drafts as a college prospect? Well, first of all, shout out to Mike for saying linebackers don't matter. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, I've gone ahead, Lena, and I, I've written up all the linebackers that have been drafted since 2012. I want you to just tell me if Parsons is a better prospect than this player or not. Are you ready? So we're just giving a, a better or worse, right? Yes. Prospect. Yes. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Luke Keekley, 2012. That's already going straight for the heart. Um, I would I say no. A, I would say that's almost a push because I don't know that he was – I think he was a much better pro than – I expected him to be. So he tested as an elite athlete and was really good at Boston College. I'm I'm giving Keekley the nod there. Okay. okay. Ryan Shazier. I, I I would say slightly less. You think he's a lesser well, I, pro- prospect than Ryan? A lesser Shazier. prospect. Yeah. Okay. No, no. I would say I would say Parsons is is slight, slightly more. Mm. Well, no, no. Parsons. No, I would say slightly less because because Shazier actually had like. I think multiple years of production to kind of put there. So he did. He had a bunch of tackles at Ohio State. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So probably close, right? All right. CJ Mosley. Um, as a prospect, I mean, I, I, CJ Mosley was very well thought of coming out of college. He was. So yes, he was. I, I would say that he is similar. They're probably a similar. Yeah, okay. I would say similar. All right, Darren Lee. Uh, he's he's yeah. Parsons is a better prospect. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next couple, Tremaine Edmonds. Those are very similar, uh, tr- because of, of they are very similar in terms of style. Yep. Yeah, I, so I, I actually say think I'd give the, I think I would uh, give the edge to Parsons to be honest. Yeah, he's got more hype for sure. I yeah. would say. Yeah. All right, Leighton Van Der Esch. Uh Parsons. Okay. I, no I, I think yeah, Leighton wasn't as 
you know. No, no. I think I think Leighton got taken at the very top of where he should have been taken. Like I think, and, and he was a late riser too. Like yeah, his name yeah. like didn't show up in the first round talk until kind of later in the yeah. in the um, process. This one is easy for me. Broquan Smith. Better prospect coming out. Yes. Yeah. Ro- Roquan. Yeah. Roquan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it gets a little tricky. Uh, Devin White. Devin White went fifth overall to Tampa Bay. There were some concerns about his coverage ability coming out of LSU. What do you think? I mean, I think they're similar, honestly. Okay. I would say maybe Parsons mm-hmm. more. Okay. Because uh, I think I think no one batted an eye that Parsons got drafted where they did. And I remember Devin White was it was a surprise. A little bit. Uh, Devin Bush. I think Parsons is better. Parsons probably, yeah. yeah. All right, next one. This one's really tricky. Isaiah that's, a good, that's, that's a good one. This is a, this is a good exercise, though. Yeah, I like well, we're, and I'll, I'll talk about why it's a good exercise in a second. Yeah. But Isaiah Simmons. It's a kind of a different thing. That, that's that's like that, polar this is, opposite types of players, yeah, right? This this is this is this is where we start getting into the apples and oranges situation, yeah. right? Because I don't even know that Isaiah Simmons is fully considered to be a, a linebacker, and I think that's. And maybe actually, and maybe this is actually not an apples and oranges system. Maybe this is closer to a, a good comparison for Parsons because Parsons has some extended value outside of just playing linebacker, yes. which I think is kind of what Simmons has too, but it's just in a different way. I would say that Simmons is more was more hyped prospect because everyone's talked about the future of defense and positionless football, and, and he kind mm-hmm. of fits that role. But I don't know that he's a better prospect than Parsons. Uh, last one, Kenneth Murray. I actually think Parsons' game is very similar to Kenneth Murray. He's just far more athletic. But I feel like they play a very similar brand of football. Yeah, I think Parsons is I agree. Parsons above Murray just because Murray shouldn't have been drafted where they thought the Cowboys were going to draft him. And and uh, you know, no one's bad. Like I said, no one's batting their eye about Parsons getting drafted in the top fifteen. All right. So according to you, Landon, you only have three linebackers that have better grades coming out of college than Michael Parsons. For you, that's Luke Luke Keekley, excuse me, uh, Roquan Smith and Ryan Shazier. And the only one that I think I might argue with you a little bit is Ryan Shazier, just because he was very athletic and he had a lot of production. But I, he even was somebody who was a little bit of a late riser, and I think some people had some concerns about him in the run game. But Basically, what we're saying is he's not the very best linebacker to come out in the last decade, but inside the top four, five linebackers, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and again, that's just you know as as prospects, right? Yeah. So we'll see exactly what they kind of turn out to be in, in the NFL because linebacker is one of those positions where uh, you definitely get surprises coming into the NFL. I think some positive, like I thought Layton, you know, his rookie year mm-hmm. was way better than we expected him to be. Uh, and then obviously some negative, some of these guys just, uh, you know, Simmons, for, for instance, is still taking a little bit to kind of get where he needs to go. And some of these guys just take a little bit longer. I just, I don't think he is. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get to some more Twitter questions. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of the action on bet online Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, let's get to some more Twitter questions. I really like this one. Uh, this one's from Joshua. Who will be this year's training camp hype star 
who disappoints in the regular season, a la Malik Collins mm. or Xavier Woods? Well, I, I would say more Malik Collins uh, than, than Xavier I would Woods. Yeah, Woods. Xavier Woods that. at least started and play, had some play. He just never took that next step to a level that we wanted. Uh, Collins is a good example, though. I mean, Malik uh, – yeah, Malik is, is, is a good example simply because – you know, you saw a ton of him playing really well uh, in training camp, and that just mm-hmm. kind of never quite transferred that to the to the regular season. Um, I've got a you guy. Know, I, yeah, who's your guy? The same guy. It's been the last three years. What about Dorrance Armstrong? Well, I was going to say Dorrance Armstrong was is is without a doubt a member of this club, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, so you can't. I, I would say you can't really say him because he's already okay. been in a couple okay. of years before. Uh, I have concerns that it's going to be Nashon right? Mm. Um, because mm. we've already seen it with a little bit with OTAs. There is a big difference between playing, you know, uh, that position in OTAs and practices and then kind of taking it to the next level. Uh, uh, you know, we've seen – I'm interested to see how he performs with pads on. I, I think that's – you know, that's kind of where things equalize out a little bit. Now, having yeah. said that, he's a big guy, so it may actually help him when they get pads on a little bit because he can actually be a little bit more physical. Yes. Or what it could ex- do is expose, hey, this is a big cornerback who isn't very physical. So um, I have, you know, concerns that he's going to, you know, look really good out there because he's a big guy who apparently can move pretty well for a guy his size. Uh, but that doesn't always translate to uh, NFL production necessarily. So, uh, you know, he's a guy who I think is eligible just simply by the virtue of the fact that he uh, has put up, you know, kind of he's shown impressive stuff in OTAs and he's a rookie. Uh, and so I think people will get a certain amount of hype behind that, behind that only to potentially be disappointed if he can't transfer it to the, the regular season. My fear is it's going to be Leighton Van Der Esch, right? Like Van Der Esch looks great when there's not actual tackling and you don't really have to take on blocks, but when he's out moving around in shorts, he's probably going to look really good. Like he's already done this off season, right? Like we've already got the reports. Hey, this looks like the old Leighton Van Der Esch, but my concerns aren't, you know, when he's moving around, it's okay. When I need him to take on a block and make a tackle, can he do that? Uh, that's my concern. So Nation writes a good one. I hope you're wrong. Uh, Me too. But we shall see. All right. This next one, I, I've been teasing this one for you for a little bit. This one comes from uh, Smarty Dom, I believe is the name. <laughs> Explain oh what the Dallas offense is going to look like this year because Mike McCarthy said West Coast offense, but he allowed Air Coriel language, language for the first year. Kellen is still naive to the West Coast offense and is terrible at run play design. Ben McAdoo is a tutor. Kellen's four verticals is not a red zone play. It's a weakness. <laughs> I, may, I may need you to read. That was kind of a, okay. an so amalgamation what, of, of different stuff there. <laughs> explain, what the, explain what the Dallas offense is going to look like this year. I think it's this guy does not like Kellen Moore. I, okay. Yeah. Um, Look, I think it's gonna it's gonna have some West Coast influence. It's gonna have some Coriel influence. I mean, offense. Like, look, we we could talk about you know the different types of offenses and 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 what they do well or what they're trying to accomplish uh, here and there. But I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, there's like 50 plays in the NFL, and they all just get called different things depending on what offense you're in, right? And 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 passing concepts. Uh, can transcend, you know, West Coast versus Coriel, uh, you know, and and so uh, really, it's just about 
using the passing concepts they like with the team they've got and then deciding how the best way to communicate that, right? Right? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, you know, the, the downside with West Coast verbiage is that it's very verbose, right? And the ups, the upside with Coriel is that it's a numbered-based system for routes. It's a lot easier to get out of the out of your mouth in a huddle. Um, but, you know, obviously the West Coast system has a little bit more flexibility to kind of do some more things because it has more description, right? So, you know, I, it, really, it's just about combining language and, and then, yes. you know, yep. combining what, 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 okay, we call this uh, uh, dagger. All right, well, we call this sword. You know, it's like, okay, well, that's, all right, what are we calling it? We'll call it dagger. All right, cool. Like, that's that's the kind of parsing that has to go when they kind of mixed these in. As far as the run game goes, I mean, I think, you know, Philbin is going to be a, the guy who's designing a lot of that because he's the uh, offensive line coach. He's uh, had a lot of success, you know, running mm-hmm. a, a wide zone system at different spots. Um, you know, I think that they'll continue to use elements that they have in the past of, of power run game that they where they've had success there, too. So they will definitely mix and match as as they go. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I think. Kellen Moore's done a pretty great job of calling plays and, and, and yeah. hasn't had too much of an issue. I don't imagine, you know, from what we've seen that Mike McCarthy is coming in here and, and you know, trying to force a bunch of West Coast plays uh, that are specific to the West Coast and not to the Coriel down the down by sorts that they don't want to run them. So, uh, yeah, I think it's 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 not so much, you know, like, uh, is this going to be West Coast or is this going to be Coriel? I'm sure there'll be principles of both. There are lots of principles that are in both. I'm sure they'll use them. Uh, the question is really about, you know, language and how they communicate these things. And frankly, that's not even something that us as Cowboys fans necessarily need yeah. to worry about. I agree. I'll, I'll sum it up. I think there's going to be a lot of passing, a lot of running and a lot of points scored. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fair. And look, I, I don't think that I don't think that anybody that's in this offensive group uh, is unqualified for their job. <laughs> no, so I think we're I think we're in good hands. I think we'll be okay. Uh, yeah. That's not the side of the ball that I'm worried about, really. At, at all. No, no, uh, not so much. <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, okay, a couple more questions. Uh, this one from Brendan: Is a trade for Xavier Howard, the cornerback from Miami, realistic? I would be okay trading away Michael Gallup. Landon, I, I can handle this one. Yeah, Xavier Howard wants. A new deal. He has three years left on his current contract. Miami wants a first-round pick for him. The Cowboys don't have the cap space to fit in him into their cap. They don't have the cap space to give him a long-term deal. If you wanted a cornerback that badly, you probably just would have paid Byron Jones last year. It's pretty clear their plan isn't to invest a lot of actual money into the position, and that's why I don't think it's realistic at all. Yeah. And, and again, like, I think uh, trading a, cor- a wide receiver, a good wide receiver, a very good wide receiver for a good cornerback is not a good deal, in my opinion. You know, I think I, I am of the mind and I've, I've kind of been making this case that cornerback, defensive back, it's it's more the your least important guy is just as important as your most important guy because this is a matchup league. And so you need to make sure that you have a good base of four or five cornerbacks, not one cornerback that you're paying all the money to and then a bunch of CB5s behind them. So uh, don't trade away the farm. Uh, you're, you know, your offense is the meal ticket, guys. Well, stop trying to reduce weaponry on the yes. offense, okay? Offense is how it's how we're going to win games, how we're going to make the playoffs, how we're going to win the Super Bowl if we if we want to or if yeah. we can. Uh, uh, so, so, the only way they're going to have a chance is that this offense scores 30 points a game. 
Yeah, it, it's not going to be by lessening the power on your offense and then maybe slightly getting better at defense. That's not that's not mm-hmm. how you, balance is not necessarily what we're going for. So you, you don't want to you know trade a valuable piece on offense to hope to get a slightly less valuable piece on defense. That's just not good team building in my opinion. All right, um, this uh, next question is uh, uh, from Kevin. Uh, who is the player on the team that is going to surprise ex- exceed expectations? to the national media, not necessarily the Cowboy fans, but to the national media. Maybe someone like Donovan Wilson, right? Like we've been talking about okay. a guy like this. And, and if, if he's, if he does look, we'll talk about him tomorrow. We talk about safeties, but uh, you know, his spectrum of where he could land next year could be all over the place, right? He, he could be the third safety on this team. He could be a pro bowler. If he, if, if he continues yeah. on the, on the trajectory that he ended the season on uh, you know, there's, there's nowhere to go but up for him. So uh, I don't know that the rest of the, the national media knows about him so much. Um, so maybe we'll, we'll start to uh, uh, see him a little bit kind of mentioned more if he starts playing well. I, I would say the other guy that probably is a little bit known in in fantasy circles and, and probably not in the best way because they, they he keeps breaking their hearts, but uh, Blake Jarwin, I think, yeah, is a guy sure. that you know, potentially could – uh, you know, may, it may not be in the national consciousness. It's definitely in, in the scope of all the other players that are on this offense, lesser known, right? They're probably the least known guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he starts having a really good year, uh, you know, Pro Bowl type numbers, uh, then obviously he will start making some noise, and his name will be on the lips of a lot of national media. Uh, I mean, I I got one. I, what about Michael Gallup? Like, I know we think he's a big name, but man, if you you just watch ESPN or I mean, I didn't mean to just call out ESPN, but all the big places oh, it's really stuff. called out. ESPN. Well, I'm just saying ESPN. like, you'll, you'll notice it. Like they'll show the Cowboys weapons and it's Ezekiel Elliott and Samari Cooper and CD lamb. And a lot of times Michael Gallup is the guy that's left off those lists yep. despite having 1100 yard season in his second year. I, I really think he was on pace to have like a 1200 yard season, 1300 yard season with Dak. In fact, Landon in his last 12 games, he was on pace like for 1,400 yards and five touchdowns. So if he stays healthy and Dak stays healthy and he plays all 17 games, I don't see any reason why he couldn't be 1,200 yards and seven, eight touchdowns this year. And I think that would really, really put him on the map to the national media, especially if he has some big games like in prime time. Like I think that's what's going to make him a quote-unquote star. Uh, I definitely agree, and I also think that ESPN is calling on the line. They're asking for their key card back, so you're, you've been fired. So I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. That, that was on ESPN last year. Remember when they that's right. a little Ezekiel yes, we, quote? Yes. <laughs> we all remember. We all remember, and we have, we, we're all certain that someday we're Sorry. just going to turn on ESPN and you're going to show up uh, uh, as a co-host somewhere. Stephen A., Max Kellerman, just waiting for you guys. All right, uh, <laughs> let's, take, <laughs> let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low part prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, a fun question and then a serious one. Uh, this one comes uh, from Paul. Which is better, cheeseburgers or bacon cheeseburgers? Mm. 
Well, I mean, cheeseburgers <laughs> are bacon. I mean, it's a, a cheeseburger and then a cheeseburger with something delicious on top of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I it's just it's bacon, like it's like these chicken wings. It's boneless, bony, and they're both good. You can't complain about either. That's that's absolutely not the same thing <laughs> at all. Uh, I, I bacon cheeseburgers are are more delicious. I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. I think we can I, get behind I, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm fine with bacon cheeseburgers. All right. Uh, the real one, Geno Atkins. Um, a couple of people were asking mm-hmm. about him. Uh, he was cleared by the, the Cowboys uh, doctor, Dr. Cooper. I don't know if the Cowboys have interest in him. If, I mean, I would assume they probably would, considering that he's a former all-pro defensive tackle and they have a need. Do you expect the Cowboys to have an interest or potentially sign him? I expect them to kick the tires. You know, I mean, just because, yeah, because of all those things you just, re- re- you know, mentioned. He's a guy that is a very good uh, interior pass rusher. Uh, isn't usually kind of on the the uh, the market, uh, mm-hmm. but is because of, of of you know shoulder injury. He spent a long time in, in Cincinnati, so uh, you know they don't pay they don't pay people really. I mean, they they've already paid him once, but they don't pay anybody second contracts usually or third contracts rather. So yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think there's been rumbling, rumbling about this for a long time. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Cooper did the surgery, which is why he's doing this follow-up with Cooper. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that a team that has a potential really strong need for a, a, a pass rushing defensive tackle would yeah. not be interested in at least kicking the tires to see exactly what uh, what the, the asking price is for someone like Geno Atkins. And I think Atkins is different than a lot of these other defensive tackle names that we throw out because for the most part, he's been pretty durable in his career before this year where he missed eight games with that shoulder injury. And I also think the Bengals were kind of tanking a little bit, so they didn't want to necessarily rush him out there. But he had seven I mean, we straight- beat them 30 to four or whatever it was yeah. when we played. Them. We were terrible. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he played seven straight seasons of 16 games. So he's been a pretty durable guy. Um, maybe and this, this is a is- shoulder, too. That's the other thing yeah. I'm just throwing. Yes. This is a shoulder, so it's not like a lower body injury, which is what you worry about with these older explosive guys is because they lose explosion if they start getting, you know, accruing these lower body injuries. This is all upper body. So I feel, you know, hopefully that's hey, healed. He definitely needs that shoulder. But the concern would be, especially with an older pass rusher, that he got a lower body injury and lost some of his explosiveness. I don't know that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, this is somebody who from 2015 to 2018, you know, in those four seasons had 39 sacks. So, like, when he's right, he can still get you close to double-digit sacks. I don't know if he's still at that stage of his career because he is – I'm looking at it now. He's 33 years old. But could he give you – Four and a half sacks in a heavy rotation. I don't. I don't think that's unreasonable, right? And let's say and again, that's useful. <laughs> yeah, and if we get to camp, you know, in the next couple of days, and maybe a week or two of practices, and the Cowboys just they don't think they have the guy at defensive tackle. I think it makes sense to bring in somebody like Geno Atkins. Absolutely. I mean, it's just what we talked about. You know, they they need to get into camp, see what they've got. And then, you know, they've got options if they don't think that they have the firepower that, that they need. We don't necessarily need, like you said, we don't necessarily need to sign Geno Atkins to be a, you know, 60 snap a game guy who has to get us 10 sacks in order to be useful. If he's part of a rotation, if he's a guy who can get you five or six snaps on 25 to 30 snaps a game or even less than that, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. I mean, that's 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 a, that's a that's something. It certainly may not be the Geno Atkins of, you know, 2005 or 2010 um 2005 probably not but 2010 2010 but uh uh you know what i'm saying but i I think that there is still value in that player and on top of that veteran leadership i mean the guy has been around the league 
So, I mean, just having a, another veteran presence in that defensive tackle group would probably be very useful with all these young players. Hypothetically, the Cowboys did sign Geno Atkins. Are you better off keeping him like in a third down pass rushing role or considering the Cowboys defensive tackles, you know, using him on early downs and taking him off the field for like a Neville Gallimore? Because I almost think they're worse with their run stopping guys. And I think he almost would provide more value there than just on pass rushing downs. I think we need to see. I mean, I honestly think that the, with the additions that they made in the offseason, they may be in a lot better shape as a run defense than they have been previously. Um, and they may be okay with the, the people they have as a run defense. I think, you know, you're adding in o, uh, Odigizua, who I think is going to be a lot better as a as a run-stuffing defensive tackle, at least early on in his career. Um, you know, and I think that you, we'll see what – how Gallimore is developed and we've got, you know, some other guys that we have brought in, you know, including urban that, that can play that position and, and Bohana. So may, you might have enough at defensive tackle that you could use him purely as a pass rushing three technique, but that's the good part about having him is that, uh, you know, ha- get in there and see what you need. And then, and yeah, he could fill a role on either on either the run or pass defense. I think. Yeah. I'm curious to see if the Cowboys do anything in the veteran defensive tackle market, whether it's Geno Atkins, Gerald McCoy is still sitting out there. I don't think he's get he gets signed anytime soon, but I think we'll have a better idea what two weeks from now, Landon, like right before that first preseason game, where the Cowboys are at a defensive tackle and if they need to dive into the market to fill that need. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back on Wednesday to finish up our training camp preview to talk about the safeties. Uh, so make sure you guys are ready for that. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Lane and at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time.